This podcast is offered by Jikoji Zen Center on the web at jikoji.org. Our programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Little glitches with our systems reminds us how how tenu- tenuous this um, this virtual reality <laughs> this this uh, presumption of connection that we have, uh, but uh, we're doing it and. Um, very much appreciate the connection that we have with everyone who's not able to be a Chikoji. Um, we truly do feel strongly the uh, bond and connection with everyone. And uh, uh, hope that uh, time may come when we're more um, flexible about um, our connections and our contacts. As everyone knows, uh, we've had a we've had a uh, challenging time here at Chikoji, uh, besides the the COVID contagion and all the constraints that have to do with that. Um, we've been managing uh, a life in the midst of um, another kind of conflagration, the, the fire that's uh, hopefully on its way out now, at least it's contained. So we're, uh, we're full of a kind of fire mentality here. And I'd like to commend the people that were here and uh, managed the fire, managed the uh, safety of Jikoji, um, the residents here, Doug and Hogan and John, and those people outside that, that as well that uh, uh, a very stressful time, I have to say. Very, uh, we have a sense of it, maybe turning a corner now that we're we're a little bit uh we can take a breath now and relax a little bit and uh, but it's been it's been a difficult time for us and uh thank you all that have been here and uh um, much work much work So let's talk a little bit about fire. That's our element. <laughs> um, in the Buddhist time, the the fire fire was looked on a little bit differently than it is now. Um, it was a um, had many uh, personifications of attributes and many deities at that time and. In the Vedic tradition, fire was seen as a as a element that's always existent. 
whether it's visible or manifesting or not, fire is always uh, an element. It was called Agni. And Agni was uh, uh, a deity, the god of fire. In fact, uh, some, of the, some of the Buddhist uh, disciples came from a fire cult at the time they, where they actually uh, worshipped fire. And Agni, Agni is a strange uh, god because he is fire. Agni is fire, and yet the job of Agni is to seek fire. So it's a, it's a very interesting metaphor for us. Fire itself is seeking fire. And I've heard Colvin Chino Roshi uh, refer to this at some time. Um, Fire is seeking fire. Um, what does that mean? What does it mean when a self is seeking a self? What does it mean when basic goodness, our basic goodness is actually seeking, inquiring what basic goodness is? Fire, fire itself is seeking fire. So in, the, in, this vid, in this time of the Buddha, uh, fire was seen as, a, as an existent element, whether it was manifest or not. But when it manifested, it was, um, it was because it had sus what's called sustenance. It, it had fuel. And so if, if fire was bonded to fuel, it it manifested as fire. But as if fire was uh, separated or unbound from its fuel, from its source, from its sustenance, um, it was free. It was liberated. It was, um, and this was a metaphor, um, it's called Nibitati, uh, um, uh, kind of a root for nirvana itself. Uh, nirvana is to be on. Sometimes nirvana is translated as to be uh, to be ex to extinguish. But strictly speaking, um, the in connection with the etymology of, of nirvana, it is to be liberated or unbound from sustenance, from the sustenance of, um, of what it's attached to, to its, to its fuel. <laughs> so, <laughs> we hope, <laughs> we hope, we pray, we, um, that the fire around us is will be unbound from its from its fuel. It'll be liberated from its fuel. The potentiality or the uh, element of fire always exists, but um, according to this early Vedic tradition. But for now, let us ask that it be 
completely liberated, unbound from its, its sustenance, its fuel. I, I think the fire is still, um, Rain, you were saying the fire is still it's burning, still, it's but, still, it's, still, but it's contained on all sides. It's contained on 39%. all sides. 39 percent. 39 percent. And they so. lifted a lot of evacuation for people to go home. And uh -huh. Roads are open, and yeah. got 90 percent of it um, assessed of damage. So they've gone in there with inspectors, and they found, you know, how many buildings and mm. residents and mm. um, the interest. Structure in Boulder Creek is still, you know, a, a mess because there's no water or power mm. or sewer mm. Mm. Uh, because all the and you know the water was pipes were burned, so it's going to be months yeah. for people to get yeah. back. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is um, we've been on high alert and yeah. Uh, yeah. We're grateful that. We're here, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, one of the early teachings of um, the Buddha was called was called the Fire Sermon, and um, it's a. Uh, it's a very, um, very interesting sermon um, or a discourse by the Buddha. Basically, uh, what what the Buddha said is. Um, from our attachments, we're burning. Um, the eyes are burning, the ears are burning. Everything is burning from attachment, from craving, from being bound, from not being liberated. The, uh, the, the binding that, uh, the binding that is discussed is is, uh, well, we talk, to it, we talk about it commonly as attachments. Um, and the Buddha, in his original teachings, had four, uh, four basic attachments. Um, this, this fire sermon, it says the eye is burning, forms are burning, eye consciousness is burning, mind consciousness is burning, what is pleasant is burning, what is neutral is burning. Basically, that we're, he was talking about our tendency to be bound by these attachments. And, and um, we understand these attachments very well, I think, and we under understand these, these attachments, particularly when they're, when they're, um, when they're what we might call gross or they're obvious, like sensual attachments, attachments to 
when we have attachments, when we're burning with these attachments to um, um, wanting something um, or having or desiring something or having having an addiction or having a craving or having a, a strong desire to to be something or or to not be something um, these things are pretty obvious to us that these are these are burnings these are um, these are um, the attachments of sensual desires um, and they include uh, uh, attachment uh, or cravings t for something, aversion, aversion to push something away. Um, that's also an, an attachment and to, um, or a, an aversion, that's also a burning and also a, uh, and also the sense of uh, ignoring or not seeing or not not meeting um, what is actually existent. Uh, and so those, those are sometimes called the three kleshas. Um, we, we know those terms. So the Buddha said that there, there's four attachments. One, the first attachment is attachment to sensual desires, or that's our first burning. Um, but then there's the four other, or the three other burnings, or the th three other attachments, um, basically have to do with views. We are, we burn, we are attached due to having views, to having fixed views, like we chanted this morning in the Metta Sutra, um, not holding the fixed views. When you're not, and, and the next line says, endowed with insight. When you're not holding to fixed views, you're available to be endowed with insight. You're available to know. You're available to see. You're available to see what's going on. When, when you're not holding to fixed views, you can see things clearly. So the, th the, three, the three other attachments that the Buddha taught was attachments to views, views themselves attachments to um, doctrines, what he calls doctrines of self. In other words, like the uh, we could call it the creativity, the great uh, capacity we have to fabricate a self and to maintain a self um, and to actually codify or establish that into a kind of self-policy. Um, everybody, everybody's aware, I think, that they carry around a kind of body policy and a sort of personality policy. We have a sense of that we are who we are and we have a name and we have a label and so on. Um, but the Buddha, Buddha said this is, a, this is a kind of burning, this is an attachment that we we have a doctrine of self. And the third one is actually um, attachment to, um, to forms or attachments to doctrines, to precepts, to uh, ritual, to any, any kind of 
system, you could say, we use to maintain the self um, and to, um, you might say, um, fabricate our, our, uh, our world. And in Buddhism, it, in Buddhism, there's forms, obviously, there's precepts, and attachments to those are, are, are able to be burnings themselves. So let's, um, I thought, I thought today we could, we could take a look at um, this burning of views, this sense, this uh, capacity we have to have a fixed view. And look at this a little bit. It's called Samadithi. Um, so the Buddha said, the Buddha taught, um, Samadithi means uh, a, a right view. And as you know, there's the Eightfold Path in Buddhism. Uh, the Buddha taught that, uh, these, are the, these are the four basic truths that the Buddha taught from the four basic truths um, that there is, there does exist um, unhappiness and suffering, dukkha in existence. We have to accept that. That's part of the package. And that it does have a cause and that it, that it can cease. It does, it does have the capacity for cessation. And there is a path for that cessation and it's called the Eightfold Path. And the, the first of this, this Eightfold Path, the first one is called Right View. It's called Samadithi. Samadithi, Right View. So, Right View. Right View, what is Right View? What is Right View? Let's, let's look at this and see what is right view. This is a, by the way, this is an investigation and, uh, and that word investigation, I feel is a very important word for us. Um, it's, this is not a passive activity. This is a, this work of meditation, this activity of meditation is truly investigation into our true nature. And this afternoon, um, John is going to lead us in uh, science and a science and Buddhism class. And we're going to look more, more deeply um, into how we come to knowledge and how we, what is a, what is a right view, how we are, how we are capable of, uh, biases and uh, what it means to be uh, to see things as they are um, that are have no confabulation that are unfabricated that are as they are um, and the scientific the modern scientific method is um, this one way um, that we look at these and we're going to investigate how the how the scientific method of um, 
clearly looking at things um, can meet these Buddhist truths. Right view, right view. What is right view? Well, what is right? What does that mean? So this, um, this right view, um, it's, it's the sama is the same root as um, samyak. So samyak, um, samyak, sambodhi is part of our, our sutra, samyak. And sometimes it's translated as perfected. Um, but um, maybe a better word is, is uh, fulfilled or completed. So it's a complete understanding. It's not a um, partial understanding. It's not a biased understanding, but it's a complete understanding. Um, that's what right means, rather than contrast to right or wrong, that kind of dichotomy. Samadithi, right, right, right view. What is right view? What is right view? So um, these are the words of the Buddha in the, uh, um, from the Pali Sutra, uh, from the Pali Canon, um, Miyajima Nikaya. And a person called uh, Kachiyana uh, asks, uh, the Buddha, Lord, right view, right view, he said, to what extent is there right view? And the Buddha said, by and large, Kachiyana, the world is supported or takes as his object a polarity, that of existence and non-existence. But when one sees the origin of the world as it actually is with right discernment, non-existence with reference to the world does not occur to one. When one sees the cessation of the world as it actually is with right discernment, existence with reference to the world does not occur to one. This is really loaded. Um, by and large, Kachiana, the world is in bondage to attachments, to clingings, to sustenances and to biases. But one such as this, in other words, uh, uh, a, a, a spiritual um, aspirant, a, a disciple, someone who's hearing this. But one such as this does not get involved with or cling to these attachments, clingings, fixations of awareness, biases, or obsessions, nor is he resolved on myself. He has no uncertainty or doubt that when there is a rising, there is conditioned existence. Conditioned existence is arising. And that when there is passing away, there is conditioned existence passing away. In this, one's knowledge is independent of others. To this extent, Kachiana, there is right view. So these are the original uh, teachings of the Buddha. And he went on to say, um, with a little bit of a caveat about 
about this, he, he said, this was a warning from the Buddha. He said, don't go by reports, by legends, by traditions, by scriptures, by logical conjecture, by inference, by analogies, by agreements through pondering views, by probability, or by thought, by the thought that this is, this is the words of my teacher. When you know for yourselves that these qualities are unskillful, these qualities are blameworthy, these qualities are criticized by the wise, these qualities when adopted and carried out lead to harm and to suffering, then you should abandon them. When you know for yourselves that these qualities are skillful, these qualities are blameless, these qualities are praised by the wise, these qualities when adopted and carried out lead to welfare and happiness, then you should enter and remain in them. So very clearly the Buddha is saying, um, this is your own investigation. This is your, this is not, do not take someone else's uh, word for this, really investigate this for yourself. Uh, I like that statement. And that correlates with a lot of what our understanding of uh, the, the kind of rigor of scientific investigation is uh, about the convergence of evidence that comes to a conclusion in um, in what we might call secular um, investigations. Um, it correlates with our, our, our investigations as, uh, as Buddhist investigators. That's more or less um, what I want to discuss and just kind of open this up. Um, right view means to um, some interpretations of right view is that uh, right view is seeing, seeing how Things exist according to Buddhist teachings. Some some teachers may bring that in. That you have to see the no the four, the eight, the the you have to see the the four noble truths and so on. Um, there's another kind of radical interpretation of of this kind of knowing of this right view, which is actually um, to broaden to broaden to broaden the sense of a view so that your view of things uh, is either inclusive or you could say in a, in a, um, in a selective sense, it, your view actually disappears. Your view or your, your opinion or your judgment actually dissolves, completely dissolves. In early Buddhism, there was a, a they, they studied this stuff back in Narlanda's in the first university um, back in the 11th century. Um, they, they studied this stuff and they had a, they had a Sanskrit term called 
eine, 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 eine Pradika Dharma Kashanti. And anu, anu means no, Pradika means uh, knowledge, um, Dharma means phenomena or, or how things are, just events, existence, um, as well as teachings. And Kashanti means um, patience or tolerance or acceptance of. So Anupadika Dharma Kashanti means tolerance of or acceptance of or acknowledgement of the unknowability of dharmas. So this, this broad sense of a, uh, this very expansive sense of a view is actually the, uh, includes the tolerance of the unknowability of dharmas, that they, can, that they cannot be fully known, that they cannot be, that they cannot be grasped by knowledge, that it is a, um, uh, they're unbound. They're basically like the, uh, like the fire that's uh, liberated from his sustenance, they're unbound by our sense of knowing them and our sense of, of having a name for them and labeling them and controlling them with or, or assuming control by uh, thinking that we know them. This is Anupadika Dharma Kashanti. There's another sense of um, a view that's the view of equanimity, upeksha, and the view of equanimity and upeksha sees that sees in viewing something, it's always sees its context, um, which actually we were aware that everything has a context. But it's very difficult for us sometimes to see things in their context, to see a suffering person in the context and conditions of their suffering, the causes and conditions of their suffering, the, the, all the various elements that might make up that person's distress or suffering, to see that context. Thich Nhat Hanh has this nice metaphor of where, uh, where in the uh, we're walking in the in the woods and the trees are very very dense and the trees are specific knowings specific um, views and um, we're able to come up to a rise where there's there's um, there's maybe a meadow and there's space and we can actually see the whole um, expanse of the forest and we can see that these particular views these particular opinions um, attitudes whatever um, are, are are part of a, a vast forest and they, they have a context and this view is called um, this overview is called equanimity that's actually the etymology of the word um, uh, uh, of peksha, of equanimity. It means to look over, to see over, to see the whole thing. So, 
So that's another um, element we can bring in and when we investigate right view. Um, what else? What else? We could talk about biases. <laughs> Maybe that's enough for now. Um, does anyone have a, something they'd like to uh, like to add or have a question? Um, yeah. I have a, a quick question. The um, when you were talking about the Buddha and reading his words. And what you said in the beginning of um, the world, you know, when you're like, don't just accept policy and documents and mm. this and that. Mm. But when you do know it, when when it is blame, blameless or shameless, could you reread that part again? Not to be too fixed on the words, but I really like them. About uh, don't going by reports and yeah. so on. So the Buddha said, uh, don't don't go by reports, by legends, by traditions, by scripture, by logical conjecture, by inference, by analogies, by agreement through pondering views, by probability, or by the thought this this contemplative this contemplative is our teacher, or this this is from my, a teacher. When you know for yourselves that these qualities are unskillful, these qualities are, are blameworthy, these qualities are criticized by the wise, these qualities when adopted and carried out lead to harm and to suffering, then you should abandon them. It's pretty, you know, it sounds pretty obvious. Um, but, you know, this is something we really do ignore. And then he said, when you know for yourselves that, that these qualities are skillful, these qualities are blame, blameless, these qualities are praised by the wise, these qualities when adopted and carried out lead to welfare and happiness, then you should enter and remain in them. This is basically saying you, you be your own agent, you know, you investigate, you take responsibility um, rather than take take the information from another source and, or make sure, you know, or if you do take it from another source, investigate it for yourself and see if it's true for you. So I thought that was a really wonderful statement from the Buddha. And, uh, and John will um, expand on that, I think, um, this afternoon as well. Um, our our practice is our primary mode of investigation. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's our specialty, you could say. Yeah, that's our specialty. Yeah. So we're specialists <laughs> in what in this so one. So that must be how we will come to know through our practice. 
that's you could say that's a that's a method of investigation that's our familiar uh, in method of investigation that includes it includes both shamatha and vipassana it includes shamatha which is to settle to be at peace to arrive to be in place to be present that's shamatha and vipassana which actually means to see precisely see to see things as they are that's to actually have insight to to think to know to investigate to um, to meet something to you know to meet something with our, with our consciousness yeah. you have something yeah i just want to say uh, as people ask questions here it's hard for us to tell if people out in zoom land can hear so yeah. if you would repeat those you know, repeat the questions or oh, yeah. make sure yeah. the folks out there you know hear what we're okay. what we're doing thanks speaking of zoom land anyone in zoom land want to jump in Yes. Yeah. I really like this idea of no anapatika dharma kshanti, the idea that we are to tolerate the unknown ability of the dharmas. And I'm just thinking about how we're supposed to function if our experience gives us information. What are we supposed to do with that experience? You mean? Um, it reminds me one time, Colin Sunset, and everybody just sat there looking like a doofus. We don't know what this is. He was saying, we don't know. So we have all these experiences. What are we supposed to do with them? We just don't have an opinion about it? I mean, are you supposed to necessarily ab abandon um, your, your knowledge, your intelligence? in order to meet something? Is that what you're asking? Something like that? Are we supposed to? Yeah. yeah are we supposed to? You know, uh, you know, we have this set of eyes and ears and nose and mouth. We have our senses. Are we supposed to put away our experience and say, whatever, that was okay, moving on all the time? Well, um, Anapadika Dharma Kashanti is actually uh, what you might call the, um, the invitation to context, to kind of absolute context. So uh, it's, it's kind of saying that there's, there's there, yes, it it's, comes from the place It looks like we've lost Jokoji temporarily. Yes. I'm frozen. I think they'll be back. Yeah, I'll never get the answer. <laughs> oh, no. Mike, are you there? Yeah, they're, they're still there. Yeah, but his mic's off. Okay. There he is. 
I think you're back, Mike. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of parallel to uh, uh -oh. um, uh, Yumen and Dawu, who are one is sweeping and one and and uh, Dawu says uh, uh, you're really busy there. Um, you're, he's now, Yunmen is, is sweeping, he's sweeping vigorously, he's really into his sweeping. And Dawu says, uh, or Dawu says, hey, you're too busy, you're too busy. And Yunmen um, turns and says, you should know that there's one who's also not busy. So right along with one who's really busy, there's one who's not busy. That's this kind of broad view that the practice of meditation invites us to enter. Right along with having, with, with not liking a tweet of a certain individual, we can, we, we can, um, we can, we can also tolerate the view of, um, that, that tweets exist and, and another people's, another person's opinion exists. Um, so what, what we're tolerating or what we're, what we're accepting, um, what we're accommodating is um, not, not excluding views themselves, but accommodating a, a sort of a bigger view. So is that, is that clear, Pamela? Yeah. I, mean, I only got about a third of it, but it was pretty clear what I got. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah. Is that time? We're good. Uh, we're we're kind of moving on to lunch, unless anyone has a question. Oh, you had a question, Susan. Did you have a question? I think. Yeah. I had a kind of a, a, a bringing it to the practical uh, fire reality response. I really appreciated. Agni's metaphor, mm. um, the uh, fire's really close to our family where they're evacuated in, mm. in and uh, managed to get up there. Um, he uh, saw the fire creeping down Alba and Jim's Road, and that was that fire consuming itself. It was just creeping. It had a life. It had tentacles of this uh, very slow existence. But when it met their carport workshop, it, it, it ignited in front of him. So, and he's been in many fire uh, environments. So uh, he described that metaphor just as you're talking about Agni of the fuel, meeting the fuel. It exists oh. I'm in his life and oh. consciousness fire. But he saw the fuel ignite and it happened to be the fire line for that whole CZU fire at that moment was that property, that two acres. Mm. And he watched it and he saved their house. Just mm. like, wow. wow. On the neighbors. But I loved that um backing up seeing the view without fear that you present 
um, and seeing the power and the, uh, it's a force, it's an element that is way beyond uh, our human capacity to understand. And so we can give it the name of Agni. Okay. I think we're, oh, I got a question. Just a quick one. Um, yeah, Michael. Don't mind. Um, so I guess I take from this that we just shouldn't have fixed views on anything. We shouldn't buy into the dogma that um, there's always a fire, you know, and, and there, um, and we just kind of go with the flow, right? I mean, things change. Things are constantly changing. There isn't, there isn't a real dogma. Uh, and if we stick to that, then we get then we become, I don't know, fixed, fixed in our ideas, fixed in our mind, fixed, and then we can't let in new ideas and new, and new stuff. I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I, I, I uh, took the gist of your talk. Maybe, maybe I'm off base. I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's a good comment. Um, we, in order to truly meet another person, you know, in order for me to truly see you, Michael, um, I, even though I have an idea about who Michael is, Michael Shea is, you know, um, I still have to be open to the fact that I may not know who Michael Shea is, you know, and I still have something to learn about who Michael Shea is. <laughs> I hope I do. <laughs> So, I'm, I think we're, we're going to excuse ourselves for lunch now. So, uh, yes. And so, um, can the conversation continue? Uh, Hogan, is that right? Yeah. It is. And uh, would you remind people about uh, freely offered programs and uh, signing up for the newsletter if they care to via the website? Hogan reminded me that uh, the programs are always freely offered, but uh, if you can make a donation, it's appreciated now. Um, particularly, this is a difficult time for Jikoji. And, uh, and then we have a newsletter. If, you, if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, um, do sign up for that and, and stay connected. So um, thank you all, everyone. May our intentions equally extend to every being and place with the true merit of Buddha's way. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by Jokoji Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information about Jokoji, please visit us on the web at jokoji.org.